Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to take a look at a variety of different things in the market trade today. And the biggest talking point has been the gridlock that we see within the trade. Also, what's happening in the ethanol margins? And is there some COVID red flags popping up? I know that we are now post-election, but again, just reminding folks as we talk about this gridlock we're in, in no way are we endorsing one presidential candidate over the other. This is just what is being seen within the trade. As Arlen Suderman joins us today, he is with Stonex. And Arlen, let's talk about this gridlock that we're seeing in the trade. What's going on? Expected gridlock that we're going to see in Washington, D.C. over the next couple of years. Uh, the election day is over. The elections are not. We don't know who's going to be in the White House over the next four years. But it does look more likely that this House and the Senate are going to remain as they currently are, so to speak, with the House and uh, in control of the Democrats and the Senate in control of the Republicans. And so no matter who's in the White House, we're not likely to have any significant policy or taxation rate changes. And uh, Wall Street likes that. Wall Street doesn't like uncertainty. They like things status quo, so to speak. And uh, so it's kind of risk on on Wall Street, and the fund managers have their homes on Wall Street. And so we saw money generally going into most commodities and equities today. There were a few exceptions, but that was kind of the environment we were in. And and one of the things that really kind of demonstrated that was the VIX. I've talked about the VIX on here before. It's Wall Street's fear index. When the VIX, it normally trades between 10 and 20 when it trades above 30, I've observed over the years, it's difficult for any commodity to sustain a rally unless it has a strong story. In that case, it can do so. Um, and last week, it spiked above 40 for the first time since mid-June. Uh, overnight, as the news kind of went back and forth, what's this all mean? What's going to happen? It's It was trading as high as around 37 um, and uh, just below 37 and traded as low as 28. And uh, it kind of finished the day just below 30. So elevated from a historical standpoint, yes, but down dramatically from where we were over the past week, indicating that while we don't know who's going to be in the White House, the market is feeling much better about the fact that we've got gridlock in Congress, and that means no major changes. So are we going to see this pattern and this gridlock continue for, for the near future? Yeah, I think so. But what what it means is, from a commodity standpoint, looking at the commodities, how they traded today, is, is they can basically focus on their fundamentals. And what are the known fundamentals? And as we saw today, soybeans took the lead. And uh, with the election uncertainty, so to speak, as far as traders are concerned, set aside, those fundamentals meant, oh, wow, it's dry in Argentina in, and in much of Brazil. And so we have strong demand out of China. We have some weather risk for the South American crop, so let's buy soybeans. That was kind of the thinking. Um, corn followed on its coattails. Certainly corn production in South America is at risk as well, although the fundamentals for corn aren't nearly as clear as they are for soybeans right now. Wheat started out in negative territory. It was higher overnight, and then once the U.S. deaths opened up, uh, it went negative. But it recovered from that. Chicago nearby contracts remained in the red at the close. 
but uh, the deferred contracts as well as Kansas City and Minneapolis contracts went in the green <clears throat> following the rest of the markets. You brought up South America and specifically Brazil. I know they've had some decent rains um, that have slowed some of the plantings, but not all of Brazil is getting that moisture. Yeah, as we closed out October, we did have scattered storms across most of the uh, crop belt in Brazil. Um, it was a, that scattered nature like what we get in the summertime, so there's going to be a few people who miss it and a few people who get dumped on, so to speak. But overall, most areas got some moisture. Now, their soils were very parched, so some got plenty of rain for going ahead and starting their growing season and getting the crop planted. Others did not. If we look at the end of last week, the soybean crop in Brazil was about 43% planted and making rapid progress. This week is drying out quite a bit as we turn the calendar in November. We are seeing some showers kind of in some of the northern uh, areas, um, but overall, most areas are kind of drying out. We do see rains kind of come back across um, kind of, I'm going to say, the central areas into northern areas as we go deeper into the month of Brazil, really leaving most at risk far southern Brazil and into much of Argentina's growing season, excuse me, growing area. That is fairly typical of La Nina. Uh, La Nina overall remains near strong levels. And the models suggest that it's going to continue to strengthen into December and January, maybe to record strong levels. December and January would be the equivalent of our June and July, so to speak. So uh, the risk is fairly high that we will see some adverse weather uh, cutting into production in South America here over the next six months. And I'm sure our markets are going to closely keep an eye on that happening. Yeah, the soybean balance sheet particularly, right now it's tight without any weather disruptions. So if you add any disruptions to it, it just tightens it up that much more, and we're at the point where the price would start responding at a much faster pace from a historical standpoint. Well, stick around, folks. we come back, we are going to take a look at what's been happening in the ethanol trade. Uh, margins, is there some plants that are going to stay, as, as some like to say, mothballed uh, for the near future? And are we going to continue to push towards a lower trade? Is there some COVID red flag warnings, not only from the ethanol standpoint, Point, but what we're seeing on the proteins as well. We'll also look at the talk of uh, cattle from the north being shipped to the south to be processed. Is the south that short of cattle or are they just that current? That's a lot to look at. Stick around. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman with Stonex. So ethanol margins, uh, we had talked before we started the program about some mothballed possibilities for some of these ethanol plants. Is that going to continue into the new year? Yeah, we've got some plants that um, just couldn't survive through the, the reduction in demand that we saw last spring and they mothballed their plants. And they're just kind of staying that way, um, probably into 2021 and see when we get past this COVID. They don't want to pull them out of the mothballs and then have another shutdown hit um, and uh, kind of be a double whammy for them. So they're kind of waiting to see how things play out with these rising coronavirus numbers. 
and, and then they'll make a decision. That leaves the remaining plants with good enough margins. Those, those margins are eroding, but good enough margins to continue to produce. And so in the latest data that was available for the week ending October 30th, released earlier today, it showed that production increased seasonally. This is time when production output does increase um, into the end of the year, typically. Uh, it rose to 961,000 barrels per day. That's the highest production level we've seen since mid-March before the shutdowns. So that was encouraging, and we did so by keeping stocks at 19.7 million barrels, which is just slightly above multi-year lows. So that's encouraging. What was discouraging is looking at the gasoline consumption data. It never did, was able to get back to year-ago levels in the recovery. We still have a lot of people working from home and driving less. Uh, so gasoline consumption is generally around 10 and 11% below year-ago levels. And it's starting to ratchet lower as we get closer to year-end. So not the type of pattern we like to see for ethanol demand. Well, that's obviously causing for some some F- our COVID red flags. Protein side as well, are we going to see some red flags popping up as, as COVID continues to get worse in many areas? It is, and I think that's one of the reasons we've been fighting with some weakness in the meat markets of late. Now, we did, we're did higher today on the meat markets um, for live cattle and for lean hog futures. Uh, yeah, I think that some of that was the play off of what we were seeing in the outside markets with the strong stock market. The, the correlation between uh, the meat markets and the stock market hasn't been real strong lately, but I think it was back there today, kind of a risk-on environment. Um, kind of that sense, but overall, there's still a fear out there um, because we're starting to see more places start to add restrictions back to restaurants and food services once again and starting to uh, implement some localized lockdowns. And so I think that's a real concern of the meat sector. The other thing I wanted to point out on, on the demand side, and this would be more from the pork side, is and we've talked about this somewhat over the last couple of weeks, Uh, shipments to China remain strong, and they're expected to remain strong through the fourth quarter as China stocks up with pork ahead of their Lunar New Year holiday, which is a week-long holiday in in late January. Um, But new purchases or new orders, new sales, I should say, for 2021 are almost non-existent. A year ago, China had large advanced purchases on the books almost nothing now and so again that kind of feeds the mantra or the thinking that shipments to china are going to start dropping off considerably after the first of the year we see cattle moving north to south is the south that short of cattle and we just have an abundance and haven't caught up and not current here to the north yeah it does appear like the north is having more trouble uh finding a home for the cattle uh, the supply is bigger there relative to the available packing capacity. And so we've been seeing this trend in recent weeks of those cattle moving back down to the south to use some of the underutilized capacity that we have in the south. Um, we still have weights that are above what we would like to see them. Um, that's increasing our meat supply, raising some concerns. If we restaurant and food service demand does start slowing down again, the good news there, kind of opposite of the pork with China, is we are seeing a trend toward increasing sales of beef to China. Um, so that's the positive. 
Um, will it be enough by itself to hold up the beef industry? No. Uh, the beef sales are still well under what we were seeing in pork to China, uh, but it certainly does help. What about the fact that uh, I read earlier this week that we're shipping a lot of hogs, live hogs, over to China? Does that have any play in the markets that we're seeing for the proteins? Uh, not near term, but long term, yes. And basically, China has been brought, buying live breeding stock from us, from Europe, wherever they can. The genetics as they rebuilt the herd was was just kind of just keeping hogs. Uh, and there's some bad genetics in there, which is hurting their efficiency. Ellen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? On our website at stonex.com or over on Twitter. Follow me. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F. F-101. And just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.